It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome in to the DMVR Draft Pod. I'm your host, Andre Simone, joined by my guy, Jake Schwanitz. Big things coming down the pipe for our guy, Jake. Cannot wait to get into it next week, so stay tuned to all DMVR channels for that. But the big news we can talk about, Jake, you are in Denver, my man. We are in uh, yeah. the same metro area. That's a show history, as we'd say on DMVR bets. 100%. We are within, I'm guessing, at least 15, 20 miles of each other at this point. Can't be much further than that. Yeah. Yeah. Closest we've been in literally like three years, Andre. So, uh, right. I'm pumped, man, it's going to be a lot of fun this season. Um, and like you said, we're not going to talk about it yet, but we've got some exciting things coming down the pipeline. Yeah, dude. Very, very exciting. Uh, Hank, Justin, they're on that grind. So Jake and I decided to hop on. It'd been a minute since I got to do this. Of course, we are presented by DraftKings Sports Show, uh, DraftKings Sports Book. Couldn't be a draft show without DraftKings in the mix. Use that code DNVR. Actually, some fascinating props that DraftKings, those evil geniuses, are offering for us. So I'm hyped to get into that. Um and honestly, with the sports book at the tip of our fingers, kind of feels outdated and silly to even talk about a coach's pull. But that's what we're going to do, um, because one thing we do know is we are smarter and more informed on the greater landscape of college football than any of these coaches who, let's face it, most of these guys are having their assistants fill these out. Um, but we do have a new coach's pull. And it's Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, one, two, three, four, and then Notre Dame, five. Are your guys in Michigan at six getting disrespected a little, Jake? And uh, let's get into it. What stood out to you? What, uh, I mean, shit, it's almost here. It is almost I, here. Yeah. Mid-August, college football around the corner. So we want to talk a little bit about this top 25 before we get into some props prospects acc preview we want to get into here so it should be a fun episode um but yeah man starting with the coaches poll what's sticking out to you well um the f <laughs> the first thing that stuck out to me was someone gave texas a first place vote even though they're 18th in the country which is just incredible and which is why we follow the coaches <laughs> polls for content so like that yeah, no kidding. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, Alabama, not unanimous, but clearly number one with 54 first place votes. And then Ohio State with five. Georgia was six. A bit surprised Georgia with over Ohio State in the first uh, place category there. Yeah. But in the polls, Ohio State ranks ahead of Georgia 
So I guess that evens out a little bit. Clemson too, hanging on to a top four. That fascinated me also. Right. Like, I mean, I get it. We'll get into Clemson in the second segment because they're obviously, they remain the big dog in the ACC, especially from a prospect standpoint. And look, that defense was dynamite last year. They're getting back some studs. A lot of those guys on defense were really young underclassmen who should, you know, really pop in year two. But that uncertainty on offense does make it interesting that teams like Notre Dame, and Michigan are behind them. Um, so or yeah, Utah man, Utah went wire to wire with Ohio State in the Rose Bowl just great point eight months ago. So yeah, it's crazy to see that Clemson just. I mean, I guess you get the benefit of the doubt when you're Clemson and you have all these recruits coming in, I suppose. But uh, we'll we'll get to it. Last year just left a bad taste in my mouth, though. Well, and I mean, I've been saying this for years. We've been talking about this on the pod for years. The big difference between Clemson and the other top dog blue bloods. Um, I mean, shit, we could use this poll. The top six, basically. The, mm-hmm. the, the few who are real natty contenders, real playoff contenders year in and year out. Obviously, Bama. Obviously, Ohio State. Obviously, Clemson. Notre Dame has earned to be in that mix, not quite tier one, but they're like the next tier over Michigan kind of same. Um, and Georgia, since Kirby's been there has, has, you know, very much belonged in there, but Clemson, unlike those other five programs was the one Dabble was so lucky where he hadn't lost any assistance, right? We've talked yeah. about that for years. They've been able to have that same staff in place year after year after year after year while Bama's getting their OC and DC poached every other year. I mean, shit, Kirby, like directly coming Jimbo, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. Michigan, same thing. Everyone loves that Harbaugh tree. Those guys are getting poached left and right. Pep Hamilton, Tagger, the list goes on and on. Notre Dame obviously just lost Brian Kelly um, and their assistants have been churning in and out. Georgia, it's still early in the Kirby administration for that to have happened and obviously ohio state fickle um you know the Mm -hmm. tennessee titans head coach i mean the list Mm -hmm. goes on and on with those guys as well this with venables at oklahoma is a big one and as talented as that defense is big test because it's now a new new guy calling the shots there so yeah does feel like the tigers are getting a bit of a bump and, you know, again, not trying to spoil too much of segment two, but I wonder how much of them getting bumped up is the fact that they are like by far ahead above the rest in their conference. While you know, the other programs are big 10 and sec. So lots of competition and Notre Dame as an independent always has a stack schedule. Right. Um, the thing for Clemson too, you know, just doing some ACC homework before the show and you look at a lot of the top prospects in that conference and so many are still coming from Clemson. You mentioned the defense, uh, your guy, Brian Brissy, um, yeah. he's been a name to watch out for the last three years. That defense, a lot of not a lot of names that probably aren't household names yet, uh, but they're getting close. They're getting there. And I'm sure after this season, there'll be a lot of guys in the first round conversation from Clemson, which is why they're up in this spot. 
Um, yeah. I think that's kind of why Texas and Oklahoma are getting a little benefit of the doubt also. Maybe Oregon, too, with Cristobal leaving. Yeah. Um, so, it's, I mean, that's kind of just how you have to do it, though, right? These preseason top 25s, because no one knows anything. You just got to go off kind of some recruiting rankings and really just your gut. Yeah, that's so true, man. Um, so, outside of the big dogs in the top six, we have A&M at seven, Utah eight. Love seeing the youths getting that respect as the clear top program coming into the season um, in the Pac-12. Though, honestly, I am a little surprised. Um, you know, like a big story the last couple of weeks is that USC has had the most money placed on them to win the Natty, not those top three programs. Um I think that's really noteworthy because I get the longer odds, but when it's the most money, that's, that's like sharp betters are moving that. Um, so for them to be the third ranked pack 12 team at 15 and Utah to get all this love at eight, I kind of thought we were ahead of the curb with our Utah love, but it is interesting that the coaches are with us, maybe smartening up, maybe realizing that that is such, that's a tough place to come to for these, these uh, West coast teams come November. And I mean, late October, November, that's, that's not a fun place to play. They're returning in a lot of talent. I'm always big on when you're returning, your starting backfield, watch out. Um, and then Oklahoma at nine kind of surprised me because if there was ever a year where Oklahoma could be supplanted, um, this, this feels like the year with all the transition, their star quarterback leaving. And the fact that Oklahoma state's returning a ton of guys, Texas is loaded. TCU sneaky, got some talent, um, and Baylor too. So your read on kind of the bottom of the top 10 and anything else going on from there. Yeah, well, I love what you said about South Carolina and then Oklahoma because those programs are now kind of connected and the Lincoln-Riley and Caleb Williams connection. Right, Southern um, California, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, USC just, I mean, they're just such a wild card this year because of Riley and because of Caleb Williams coming over. Yeah. And just a complete influx of talent at almost every position. They got Travis Dye, the running back from Oregon. Mm -hmm. uh, they got Brennan Rice, a uh, wide receiver from Colorado. Wow. They got a bunch of guys on defense in the secondary. That I just can't name right now. It's just, it's insane. It's almost like they're the guinea pig of this new age college football. So yes. Them at 15 is very interesting because it's, I think it's a really high variance uh, year for them. And as you mentioned, a lot of money on them to win the Natty. So we'll see. Um, going through the rest of this top 25, though, Cincinnati is interesting at 22 after all they lost. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are maybe kind of disrespecting or counting them out for 23, but I think that some people will also be surprised at the talent that they're going to retain and have. Mm -hmm. um, Luke Fickle's a really good coach. We'll see with Arkansas. That's one of the toughest schedules in the country. Um, but yeah, Pitt also at 16. You lose Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison. And they still hang on to 16. That's pretty impressive also. Yeah, that's surprising. Um, I like that Michigan State and Southern Cal are right there neck and neck. Those have kind of become the like transfer portal programs, right? They're like mm -hmm. the, the, the old Kentucky basketball model where you're just throwing out a new roster every single season. It's not going to be what it was last year. Um, you surprised Texas is just at 18? 
Uh, I, I am because usually Texas gets a lot more hype in the preseason, yeah. especially. Um, and personally, I feel like this is probably the best Texas team in, I don't know, at least five years or so, maybe since yeah. before Sam Ellinger. So we'll see if um, Quinn Ewers is the real deal. I did watch the spring game, actually, um, of Texas, just to kind of get a preview of Quinn Ewers. And he looked like a young football player. So there were some wow throws. Uh, there were some interceptions that were just mind-boggling, honestly. So we'll see. Uh, they're another team that, I guess, a little high variance. I wouldn't be surprised either way if they're competing at the top of the Big 12 or if it's another seven and six year for Texas and they can't quite figure it out yet. Yeah, for sure. Um, big time high variance. Ewers, that's exactly the report, is as insanely talented as he is, he still feels extremely raw. How about NC State at 13, man? Yeah. Wolfpack, do not yeah. sleep. Um, so I'm actually, as much as I love to trash the coaches because I know they're not taking the time, I I kind of love the top 15. Pitt at 16 gets a little off the rails. I think Miami's mm-hmm. another high-variance program. And I would say the, the most... Um, disagreeable part of this is wake forest at 19 because they just lost their quarterback right so this comes out and then they lose their quarterback massive bummer um but what can you do um so yeah there we go that's your new coaches poll um pretty in line with what we've been talking about and the team futures odds where it's Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, kind of a step down. But yeah, in the betting odds, then it's USC tied with AM as the fifth shortest odds. Um, of course, like Georgia's plus 400. Obviously, Ohio State, Bama, shorter odds than that. Then Clemson at plus 1,000. Then USC, AM at plus 2,500. So, like, there's a drop. And even the betting odds at DraftKings Sportsbook do have Oklahoma um, just after those guys, seventh shortest odds. I just don't get this sooner love, man. I, I do not get it. Just had an offensive coach uh, fired for a very sketchy, weird situation. Pfft, I, I don't know. Maybe it's time to put some money on some non Oklahoma um, conference winners right now. Cause it's not, it's not checking out for me. 100%. And I've been again, I don't know, I've just kind of seen what Oklahoma has gone through the last eight months or so. And it's just really turned me off of the program, honestly, just be, not because of the talent they lost, but the coach they lost and who they brought in. I mean, yes. Venables is a great defensive coach, nothing yes. but respect for him. The defense is going to be fantastic. It'll probably be the best as soon as defense has been um, in this like modern era of college football, but Jeff Levy right. at offensive coordinator. I'm, I just hate, offense man he's the guy who ran that offense at Ole Miss with uh AJ Brown and DK Metcalf with Jordan uh Te'amu mm-hmm. where it was just chucks and just a bunch of RPO nonsense it's literally what I hate about college football he worked at Baylor I mean it's it's that type of you know just fast run plays and just try and catch someone in a position offense with Dylan Gabriel at quarterback too that just that combination does not sit well with me uh, Gabriel never really impressed me at UCF to be quite honest. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. I just, I can't get behind much that they're doing this year, honestly. 
Yeah, and Venables is a huge unknown here, man. He's a huge unknown. Say what you will about Sark. That's a guy who took programs like Washington from like zero wins to, to respectability, eight wins plus. Um, his tenure at USC was not the worst. He's had some real experience at some great Bama programs. So I wouldn't overlook that. And I mean, you know, Oklahoma State kind of messy around there but if the talent on the field is just one year more experience like this is a they were flirting with the top 10 and winning the big 12 last year i i think they they have gained more than anyone over the the competition we forget the kind of stretch baylor's had the last couple years too like right that's a program that quietly is uh not a sleeping giant, but in the big 12, maybe. Um, so, okay, cool. Let's get into these NCAA NFL oh, specials yeah. <laughs> at DraftKings Sportsbook. God, they are just the best. They are throwing some wild ones at us. Most regular season wins. Um, and it's like some, some regional connections they're throwing out here. Like yeah. Steelers being paired against Penn State or uh, Jaguars against Florida State. Let's start with the Broncos. This is on the Broncos feed after all. It's always our primary focus when we talk NFL. And you have most regular season wins Broncos minus 210 versus the Utah Utes at plus 170. And whoo, we could do a whole pod on just this one. This um, is a heater. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, obviously, all the, the premise here is all NFL teams are going to have a bit of a leg up because they play five more games, um, mm-hmm. especially if it's just regular season wins. That's an important stipulation here. Yep. That's not a conference championship. That's not bowl games. It's not someone makes it to the playoffs. That's not included in this. Um, Utah plus 170 so Utah has to get in the double digits mm-hmm. which is kind of what we're predicting right yeah I mean ninth best team in the country it was right or eighth I guess eighth. so and then looking at the schedule here I mean you open up at Florida in the swamp uh, you get San Diego State two two weeks later and then you kind of get into Pac-12 play. You get USC October 15th. That's in Salt Lake, though. And then you have to travel to Eugene to play the Ducks in November. Dang. So it's about as difficult as it gets here in yeah. the Pac-12 in 2022. Um, that being said, though, I look at the number that I'm given in plus 170 for Utah. I mean, I kind of expect this to be in 10-11 win team, right? I mean... I'd expect them to beat Florida, to be quite honest. I think they can hang with San Diego State, and it's a similar style of football. It's just ground and pound. Yeah. Um, and then USC, we already mentioned the wild card, and who knows with the Ducks this year also. So I think 10 wins is pretty reasonable from the Utes. Right. Um, That's exactly where I would have set their line, right, um, mm-hmm. for regular season wins. And actually, we should have that here. Oh, see? It's set at nine. The Broncos is set mm. at 10. So that's what the okay. sports book's telling you. But I mean, that's kind of the assumption here is see their favorite against Florida. And they should be. Yeah. At home, 
to USC, I think you're basically going to be a home fave there. In Oregon, you sh- in a neutral field, you'd be a favorite. That probably becomes a pick assuming both teams like live up to expectations. Right. So, yeah, I think I think I take the over on the nine and I think the value at plus 170 is really juicy because, yeah, the, the Broncos number should be right around 10 wins. Um, but the AFC West is stacked. The second half of the season's going to be hard. New quarterback, new coaching staff, all that jazz. Exactly. Okay. What else stood out to you on, on these? All right. Let me go back and look through here. Um, I thought this one was interesting at even odds, both that uh, you got to put a dollar 15 down and get one back. It was Notre Dame and the Patriots, mm. which I think is fascinating for two separate reasons. One, because the Patriots are in this position where they're obviously post Brady. Yeah. Um, and Mac Jones from the reports, Mac Jones has been struggling in camp. Uh Two, I don't really like the team, to be quite honest, from a talent perspective. And mm-hmm. I Matt Patricia's like run helping run the offense and Very stuff this odd. year. Like, yeah. So, but then you go to Notre Dame, you know, new quarterback, new head coach. Um, I don't know exactly how much they lost from Brian Kelly moving over, but I'm assuming there were a lot of assistants that need to be replaced too. Um, the Notre Dame schedule though, I will say it's not impossible. I think they've had worse ones than this. Yes. Uh, you do open at Ohio state, but Ouchie. there's some, there's some gimmies here for them. I mean, Marshall Cal, uh, they play UNLV Syracuse, uh, Navy's always a tough game just cause the triple option. But I mean, that's like four or five easy wins right there just for the fighting Irish. So, I mean, I guess the question is how good do you think the Pats are going to be? Because if the Pats can get to like, eight seven nine wins that really makes this one interesting at even money seems crazy because everything you just said is correct about notre dame that team remains sacked with nfl talent um and we'll, we'll chat them up on the acc stuff and i mean as far as coaching turnover goes the their oc is the same dude from last year their DCs promoted to head coach. So they were able to retain more than usual. The big unknown is going to be the quarterback. How much has quarterback really mattered at Notre Dame though? The last five years, right? Yeah, sure. It's kind of, it's kind of been like the Georgia of the Midwest. Like they're kind of doing it in spite of the quarterback. Um, and yeah, I mean, the Patriots are far from the favorites in the AFC East where the bills are going to be like the team to be i just Mm -hmm. think at even odds there's that's just stupid so give me notre dame on that one that's probably of all of these the one i like the most what about this one colts versus michigan man oh lord colts minus 140 Um... michigan plus 110 how much of a believer are you in maddie ice and that whole program that they've been building up, maybe they finally have their quarterback. Um, and I mean, the big factor here is the AFC South. Right, exactly. You get the easiest division with the best team in that division on, yeah. your, on your side. So, I mean, you're assuming that's at least an easy 10 wins there, which kind of almost already phases out Michigan at that point, even though Michigan has quite an easy schedule this year. I mean, they're out of conference schedules, Colorado state, no disrespect, Justin, uh, Hawaii and Yukon. 
so that's a case schedule. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, of course, you have to deal with Ohio State and Penn State, but this is a 10-win Michigan team we're looking at here. Um, Indianapolis, though, man, I mean, I love the team. I love the setup. I love the coaching. Uh, the quarterback should be better than anything they've had since luck. Should mm-hmm. be, right, unless yep. he falls off a cliff. Correct. So what's the number you think you have to get for Indianapolis? Do you think you have to get to 11, or can you win this at 10 if you're Indianapolis? I mean, Michigan's capable of losing a game to, I mean, God knows who, against Indiana or something also. So mm-hmm. I think Michigan's a two-loss regular season. So I think they get that double-digit 10. I think the Colts you can kind of pencil in at 10 and 7. And in the South, they're probably good for 11 there. So I think it's fairly properly set. But when I first look at it, part of me was kind of like, screw it. Let's just let's just take yeah. uh Harbaugh, Harbaugh and the boys here and ride <laughs> it out. But now out of conference or, you know, one of the divisions that the Colts have to play is the, they have to play the AFC West. Not easy. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. That's brutal. But then rest of the way it, it's, it looks like the NFC East. So. And they did, where did they finish? I don't think, did they finish second last year, second or third? Either way, you're not getting a first place schedule from the Colts. Right. Right. Yeah, it's. I think that's properly set at minus 140. I'm really intrigued by Niners versus USC. USC, high variance, but this NFL season, Niners might be one of the most high variance teams as well. True. Because, like, yeah, with Trey Lance. Trey Lance, man, we know nothing. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I also think that program and Shanahan just get the benefit of the doubt time after time. But we've seen it. Like they've they've had two deep runs in the playoffs, and they've had, I think it's like three other seasons that where they were drafted in the top ten. Right, um, and that this is a great bet just from I don't know a football coaching standpoint. You got Kyle Shanahan and Lincoln Riley. That's Dude, awesome, man. The How future. Cool yeah, no <laughs> doubt, man. It's so. I true. absolutely love that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, very interesting. I I think I'm high on the Niners again. Um, I mean, this is a team that made the playoffs. Uh, I'm looking at their overall record 12 and eight. So that's including the playoff wins last year. So this is a team that didn't really hit that double digit mark. Um, But man, USC, as we mentioned, this could be a team that goes 11 and one easily and makes the playoff, or this could be just a seven and six dumpster fire again. I think it just comes down to who you place more faith in, in terms of the program. And I'm going to go with Kyle Shanahan, the guy who's kind of done it for longer um, in the same place while Lincoln Riley kind of has to figure some things out in a new environment. Um, This is intriguing though, because I could definitely see USC just railing off 11, 12 wins in their, in their season and just blowing this one out the water. I know. I know it's, it's maybe the funnest of all for like football nerds like us. Um, and these, these are really like great specials from the guys. Yeah, this is awesome. Them. This is so up our alley. It's like they were made specifically for the DNVR draft pod right here. Um, last one before this doesn't just become the entire combo of the pod. 
Chiefs versus Clemson. What? Oh. I got another one for you after this. That's really good. So yeah, yeah, I'll go I love quick that. Here, um, Clemson at plus one ten. I think I've stated my concerns about Clemson. We'll get into yes. them a bit later. But the Chiefs also interesting here because they have concerns. Um, of course, Broncos got better. The Chargers are the Chargers, and the Raiders got bit better too. Absolutely. You could argue the Chiefs are the only team in the division that really got worse. Right. Um, and we've never known a world where Mahomes doesn't have Tyreek Hill. Like I've right. always said, that's the ultimate cheat code. They were basically the Splash Brothers. They could yeah. do things that no one else in football could do. It just, it was the kind of spacing that we haven't seen. Now without that, what happens? But yeah, I'm such a, I'm a, I'm very much a Clemson skeptic, though I, I have yet to sell all my DJ Ugalele, um sure. stock and... Frankly, like it's it's not like the backups are walk-ons and bums. Like exactly, Dabo's figured things out. It's like there's a long line. It feels like of all of these, though, it's where I'll take the minus side. It becomes a bit of an emotional hedge because if Mm -hmm. I lose it, great. Um, Screw the Chiefs. If I win it, cool. More money in my account, and I'm not gonna necessarily be too attached to Clemson, but. I am kind of weirded out all this Clemson love because, yeah. I mean, sometimes we see this, Jake. Sometimes, like, you you peak feels, as a college program and then yeah. the bubble kind of bursts. I mean, it feels like we're kind of getting into a little bull trap here with Clemson. I mean, they really want you to take that plus 110 there also. Um, they do. Giving them the odds. But, yeah, I think I just have to go with Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. I mean, right nine or 10 games from the chiefs might win you this. They, they might be their fourth with that record in the AFC West, but that probably, and that's a great chance of winning this bet. Actually, if you get to eight or nine wins, just with what we saw for Clemson uh, last one, Dre, I thought this one was fascinating. The Buffalo bills minus minus one ninety versus the Alabama crimson tide at plus one fifty five. the two Titans of the NFL and NCAA who wins more games, man. I know, and in that AFC East, like how good is Miami going to be with Tyreek Hill and Waddle in year two? How much I of a fight? I think where we start here, though, is with Alabama. How many realistic losses are possibly on this schedule? And I mean, the answer is always like one and a half at most. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's, I, I can't remember the last time they had like, two L's on the schedule come the end of the regular season. We thought it was going to happen last year with Clint with yep. that Auburn game. Right. But I know, um, but they avoid Georgia. You get right. Uh, LSU. You have to travel to LSU. Of course you have the iron bowl, but Auburn's not very good this year. And that's played in Tuscaloosa. Um, you get a and M at home. You have Texas. Do you got to go to Texas in week two? And then I guess a little bit of a tough one. You have to go to Tennessee. I mean, I, there's oh. been a little bit of Tennessee hype, but oh that's about it. That's what we're talking about here. Wow. And I mean, at home, they get AM, and you know that game has been circled with all that mm-hmm. smack oh, Jimbo's yeah. dumbass oh, yeah. has been talking, bro. Um, okay, but well, is let's... 11 let's... Enough? Is 11 and 0 enough to beat the Bills? Let's go to the Bills schedule because this one's fat. Like, just 
reading it, I want to pounce on that plus money at Bama. Like, right. when do you ever get plus money on Bama? Like, come on. Exactly. Um, Bills open up against the Rams in LA, then the Titans, Dolphins. See, they've got the AFC North and the NFC West. No. No, they've got the, they've got the NFC North, it looks like. Yeah. Man, how many L's do I see? Maybe one against the Pats, one where you travel to Miami, which is like, you know, wacky stuff mm-hmm. always happens. Chiefs, Packers, maybe At split Baltimore. Those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's some tough games here, but it's but, Josh but like, Allen and the Bills, man. Max, we counted five L's. And that's still, that puts you at what in this day and age, 12 and five. And that's if Alabama goes undefeated. That's more than 11. Shit. Oh, I hate it. But yeah, the bills are the smart money. Or 12 like in Alabama. Sorry, but no, but I mean, I think it's five, but we're really saying like of those five, you know, they may be, they may be split four. Or, you know, they mm-hmm. split the kind of four. So it's like, uh, I, mean, I hate that the Bills are getting all this respect when it's like, you know, Josh Allen's only had one sure. year in God mode. And like, you know, like we're kind of disrespecting the Chiefs and we're giving the Bills maybe more respect than they earn. But you look at these schedules and I mean, that's why these lines are set that way. So, um, oh, God, we, we might have to get into that <laughs> with the boys. Uh, yeah. And next time we see them. All of that at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the best. Um, I just, I can't believe we lived life without lines like this to inform us and kind (laughs) of, you know, I'm just a numbers guy. So when you can quantify these, they're really takes, right? But you can actually quantify them with a number. It all feels so more real and grounded and based in reality. College football is back, guys. It's right around the corner. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, the insanity. You thought it was fun to watch college football wire to wire before. Try betting on it wire to wire now with DraftKings Sportsbook. Nothing better. New customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. You can also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one. Um, that's going to be insane. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DMVR. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code DMVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. One per new customer, minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued as eight $25 free bets. Restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. For details, gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And I imagine, Jake, coming from Utah, it wasn't the easiest to find Breckenridge Brewery. I know that is, as far as wacky states about beer in the union, um, that one takes the cake. But not anymore, my friend. Rec- Welcome to Breckenridge Brewery Country, um, which, of course, is the official beer of DMVR. Beers 
on tap and regular Celsius at the bar when we open back up here just in time for football seasons. You know we love our Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, supporting our partners is supporting us. Get in on that Avalanche beer. Uh, obviously has treated us right through the summer as cup champions. Um, and, you know, try some of your favorites. Obviously, the Avalanche Amber Ale, uh, one of my favorites. It is summer, so get in on that Strawberry Sky. And Good Company Hard Seltzers and Lemonade Seltzers um, are, like, the best, uh, especially in this warm weather. And you can use that beer locator. And, you know, what's – what's uh, they're just, they are local – beers they've got so many different variants they're just the best man we just had our first tailgate unlimited uh breck beers at that while you're hanging out with all the homies getting hyped for some broncos games so yeah breckenridge brewery tell them we sent you they'll take good care of you use that beer locator at breckbrew.com to find beers near you and uh Man, DraftKings Sportsbook, Breckenridge Brewery. What, what's better than this? Talking about power combo, college football and NFL lines. It's like the same thing. Now, uh, but don't don't bet inebriated. Now maybe that's take, right. Take back a couple cold ones while you listen to the draft pod. But still, let's make some informed decisions. Look at those schedules. You know, don't don't start blasting money on Oregon state to get more wins than the Seahawks. Let's not, <laughs> let's not get reckless out here. They got crazy on us on some of these that we couldn't, we didn't even get into dude. Um, we'll have to save that when, when Justin and, and Hank get back on the pod. Um, but let's get into the ACC. I've been kind of absent, but you and Justin have been carrying the show like true heroes here, Jake um, previewing the college football slate as we inch closer and closer. And uh, today we wanted to get into the ACC, which for starters is always the king of the sneaky, the sneaky draft prospects, right? Pac-12 right. ACC always have those late risers. It's the, it's the Kenny Pickett conference where it's like, Oh yeah. Dante early. Williams conference. Yes. Yes. There you go. It's the eh, early day three. And then it's like, Oh shit, this guy's going in round one by like week yeah. six. We have, I think our two like biggest individual draft crushes play in this conference, uh, which is always fun. We're suddenly becoming Clemson haters. We talked about how NC state is getting lots of love. Um, Pitt still getting love. I don't know what, what's happening at FSU. God, what a disaster that program has become yeah. since Jimbo left. Um, and don't look now, but is is Miami back? Uh, seems like it. a lot of people are getting hyped about it. Recruiting's kind of taken a tick up since Cristobal got there also. Um, and they have a quarterback. I guess we'll just start there. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, uh, the sophomore Kind of a Twitter darling, I'd say. I mean, he's someone I think that gets more respect online than does so in the general media, uh, for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, he makes them exciting. I mean, I, we thought Derek, Derek King was exciting with uh, the Hurricanes, but Tyler Van Dyke, is he's going to bring some uh, firepower to that offense. Um, 
prospect wise, I mean, they've got a corner Tyreek Stevenson, um, who's on some watch lists, mm -hmm. but really that's about it. I mean, people are high on need... Zion Nelson at left tackle though. Jeez. Yep. His tape is hugely inconsistent. Got the tools, but you know me, if, if my offensive tackles aren't kicking ass on a regular basis, I don't, I don't really care, mm -hmm. um, what you're bringing to the table, but yeah, Van Dyke really kind of the headline getter here. Um, only, only had nine starts, but kind of came on strong. We'll see how Cristobal is able to maximize everything. Um, and where do you fall on the Van Dyke? Like he's kind of in this like thick crop of quarterbacks after you get out of, you know, the, the consensus top two will leave us, uh, Anthony Richards, um, you know, the jerk we'll talk about, yeah. uh, yeah. soon enough. Um, but where do you fall on Van Dyke as far as buying the hype, as far as the tools that intrigue you the most? Yeah. I mean, he is a natural passer of the football. The ball just looks good coming out of his hand. Um, I want to see more though. I mean, he was nice last year. I just, mm -hmm. it was kind of a weird situation. I think Derek King was still kind of floating around in the quarterback room and then Van Dyke was promoted. So he's got the full off season as the starter. Now um, I am concerned about their weapons and running game. I don't know. I mean, Cristobal's been bringing in the guys in these like future classes, but I don't know right now if they really attack right. the transfer portal well enough or if they had just recruited well enough under, I, I don't even remember who the coach was now before Cristobal at this point. Um, it's been so many guys at Miami. Was it Mark but, Richt or was there a transition year after? Richt? I was, was going to say Mark Richt, but I wasn't <laughs> sure who it was. So. Justin's um, like a rolling in his grave. Here. I know. <laughs> not that Justin has died. I don't know. Um, he's very much alive. Hopefully well. not. Yeah, no, for real, bro. Um, so, but it does feel like finally there's a little more juice. Finally, right. at least as a draft, Nick, I have a reason to tune into Miami football. Um, and at least like the upside is way, way bigger than it's been mm -hmm. for a minute. Um, so the canes kind of got me excited. This is like, uh, there's always one conference. That's kind of like the sneaky quarterback conference, right? It's, it's the ACC this year, right? Oh yeah. 100%. Um, I mean, we can go through them all right now if you want. There's so many guys. Uh, what I'm here for, my friend. Yeah, I mean, Phil Dracovich, of course, at BC. That's my guy. Hand injury last year that took him out in September. Um, so yeah. basically had a weird year off. Uh, yeah. Let's go to our guy, Cunningham at Louisville, who was really fun to watch. Yeah, um, Kind of in that Lamar Jackson-ish type build where he's just lightning quick and has an insane arm. Mm -hmm. um, who so else am I missing here? He's sneaky. Oh. Anytime you're betting against Louisville, be careful because Malik Cunningham mm -hmm. giveth and Malik Cunningham taketh away. What's his NFL projection, man? What, like, uh, is this a guy that's going to get converted? Is this like a third string quarterback when we need to throw a wrinkle? Is he destined to play in Canada? Um, <laughs> like, do, do you have any hopes for Will, for Malik Cunningham outside of ACC play? I, th I would say uh, I'm cautious, cautiously optimistic about his, I guess, professional hopes. I mean, he's not a small football player. He's 6'1", listed at 6'1", 190. Um, he doesn't look small Crazy. in the film. Right. 
as I mentioned, he's very explosive. When you watch him, I mean, that's the one trait that really stands out is his explosiveness and just oh, yeah. start stop. He's yeah. not quite Lamar Jackson elusive, but he's no able one. to make some magic back there. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Got a powerful arm too. I mean, it's just about consistency with him. Um, can he kind of rein it in? I know he's working with like a subpar supporting cast, so right. you got to factor that in also. But I think this is a guy who has a chance to play quarterback, you know, kind of in that, uh, I don't know, Trevon Boykin, that, you know, that yes. Baltimore Ravens type of all these guys, Tyler Huntley. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams out there you know, Malik Willis have sh- showed out in the preseason just a couple of days ago. Um, these guys, I think, are still coveted in the NFL. Right. Whether he becomes a top 10 quarterback, top 15 quarterback, that's a stretch, I think. And this circling back, obviously, you and I have been co- talking about the jerk, as I call him affectionately, mm-hmm. the Phil Jerkovich senior quarterback, 6'5", 214 at BC. You've been hyping him up for a while. For guys who haven't seen the Pittsburgh PA product, what has you so excited about him? Uh, just sneaky dual threat ability. You mentioned the size there, but the guy can move. Uh, he moves well in the pocket, I think, moves well, moves to run, I should say. It's not like he's just instantly breaking through the pocket and finding any hole that he can to get some yardage. Uh, he looks to throw downfield. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's shown some great playmaking, just uh, you know, getting out of tackles, kind of that Tony Romo type stuff, you know, rolling out, uh, getting out of sacks and everything. So the consistency was kind of a factor with him, especially yeah. two years ago in that COVID s- season. Um, he would make some amazing throws and then have some really stinkers, some bad picks. Uh, we'll see if that's been ironed out. But it's been a while since he's played football. I, I believe in the skill set, though. I love that, man. Um, I mean, you, you've had an eye for these guys. So I am big time listening. And I think BC might have something there. There might be some... Some safe flowers there too. One of the yes. best receivers in the ACC. Damn straight. Um, and I mean, don't don't forget that program. Say what you will about Adazio, but I mean, uh, Day was there. Like there have been some semi bright football minds that have kind of set this program up. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like outside of Clemson, it's it's a wide open conference. Um, but. Back to the quarterback class. Now I get to take over because we're going to go to Virginia go. where Brennan Armstrong, the real red rocket. When we called Andy Dalton <laughs> that we were, that was, we were, we were being facetious. That was sarcastic because he was the ultimate like noodle army was the ultimate example <laughs> right. of like, you can throw for 4,000 yards in the NFL and win like nine games. Even if you're noodle arm, Andy Dalton, Brennan Armstrong is so freaking lit. Just put on Virginia and you'll see this guy just launching, man. He gets injured um, in late November, but he had thrown for 4,444 yards, um, 31 tuds, 10 interceptions. That's that little old Virginia. Um UNC goes off for 554 yards in a great bout against Wake, um, 407, 487 against Louisville. And then right as before the injury in a, you know, head to head against Kenny Pickett, 487. And this guy runs, man. Um, he, he had multiple games with 90 plus rushing yards. He is athletic. It's easy arm strength. 
not like the biggest, like Van Dyke, Djurkovic, way bigger than him, but 6'2", 212, the injuries are probably going to be the biggest concern. And the fact that he's at Virginia, but the tools are all there. The numbers Mm -hmm. are there. I'm still kind of surprised that I seemingly am the only guy that's really hyped on Brennan Armstrong. I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm missing, but I, I really don't care. I'm very excited to tune into a lot of Virginia games this season. And I'm telling you, if, if this disrespect continues and he drops to like day two or what have you, I think someone's going to get a sneaky, sneaky, talented guy. I mean, Jake, like the last four or five years, it's become such a like tool scouting. I I just don't get why this guy isn't getting more love. What am I missing? I mean, that's a great question. To your credit, you've been on him for at least more than a year at this point. Um, which is awesome. And let's do the numbers real quick. Just last year, he threw, he had 500 pass attempts, which is crazy one, but two, he completed 65% of his passes also, um, which is a great, I mean, efficiency rating. Mm -hmm. That's just, he's getting the ball where it needs to be. Uh, He's put up the numbers. I mean, he's already broken the school record for 300 yard passing performances and he's still got another year to go. Yeah. so yeah, it's going to be fireworks coming out of Virginia. Um, I guess some of the same like concerns with, I guess Malik Cunningham at Louisville is just consistency. And one, right. can he keep that up? And then two is supporting cast. I mean, yes. he had Jelani Woods, I think last year, but great point. Who else is really coming out of Virginia, you know? So it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a tough, I guess, scouting project of Brennan Armstrong because you got to take in that, that talent, but um, his traits. Yeah. They, they, jump off the screen for sure. And also the rare lefty, I guess the biggest um, biggest criticism would be that sub 60% completion percentage, whatever, 59%, come on now. Um, all right, let, let's keep on that, that quarterback train. Yeah. Sam Hartman, obviously, unfortunately, will miss an extended period of time. Um, so you hate that, but he's kind of the classic, like, West Coast undersized guy. People who watch mm-hmm. the QB one series um, might remember him, but obviously spectacular season at Wake last year, where they were undefeated for a long stretch. Um, so yeah, definitely a name we got to throw out there. Um, but you you keep it yeah. rolling. More more quarterbacks. Devin Leary, yes. Devin Leary at NC State, man. Um, yeah, he, I think he popped to me also during that COVID season when I kind of fell in love with Jerkovich. Yeah. So he's been there for a minute, um, and he's had some receivers. He had a Mecca, a Mezzi, and a couple of other guys that went through there. Yeah. Uh, so he's played with some talent. He lost his left tackle. We've kind of already talked about uh, that transition for NC State. But he's just a guy who really operates you know, quickly, efficiently. Um, he's pinpoint accurate. Uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. We'll see – exactly if he's able to continue this kind of trajectory he's on mm-hmm. um, because this is obviously a huge year for him. Uh, sorry, trying to pull up some of the stats now. Uh, through 35 passing touchdowns last year, broke yep. Phillip Rivers' school record, um, <laughs> was insanely efficient, third in the league in passing efficiency with 157.1, second best mark in school history. Crazy. So 
that's just kind of the, how he operates. That's just kind of how that offense is, though. I don't want to say it's like RPO driven, but it's a lot of like slants, kind of easy throws. And he just does that really well. Not very big. He's at 6'1", 215. Yep. Uh, does rely on his legs a bit also at that size. So somewhat concerning given the frame. But the talent's there. Uh, he can throw the ball really nicely. And I think he's going to have a nice season. And he's one of the reasons why I like NC State a lot this year. Well, and I mean, we saw the coaches pull. Like, they're getting a ton of love and even and he's why yep exactly and uh he, i mean and you know this is a team that lost Ike Mikwanu, um mm-hmm. and like wasn't exactly gangbusters last year so they're getting a lot of love and he is absolutely the primary reason why they are third shortest odds to win the acc at DraftKings sportsbook um behind miami and clemson plus 750 might be some sneaky value in that one that number's gone down too. I think the last time you were on this show, we we kind of threw out some of our favorite long shot uh, conference uh-huh. winners, and I think NC State was around plus nine hundred. So that number's coming down. There you go. Um, I do think that's all the quarterbacks worth mentioning, right? Um, I believe. So. Let me look through here. Just and of course, like yeah, DJ Ugalele could have that Carson mm-hmm. Palmer season, or you know Carson Palmer at USC. Everyone was like, man, how are they still giving this guy a chance? Like, he sucks. And then senior year blows up, wins the Heisman. USC is back. They go to the Rose Bowl, I believe, beat Michigan. He's the first overall pick, has a stellar pro career. Um, You should mention, too, I guess, Keaton Slovis now at Pitt, another USC quarterback. Yes, very good. I have sold all my Keaton Slovis stock. Um, fire sale yeah get it out i'm out baby i just i don't want to hear about that guy anymore but i guess that is why Pitt's still getting some love though that was an eyebrow raiser for us when we were talking about that um before we get into some predictions the top dogs in the conference it's really going to be a lot of clemson and notre dame since we'll kind of include them in this You've already mentioned Brian Brees. Breezy, the double E's at the end always. Uh, I don't know what to do with that shit. I thought it was Brees. I've heard Brissy. I, I I don't know, man. I don't know where to go here. I need Hank to be here and like mock me. Um, at least I'm not doing a fake like French pronunciation, which is <laughs> my biggest default. But we might not know how to pronounce his name. I do know that when I saw him as a true freshman, dealt with some injuries last year, so barely played as a sophomore. I, oh gosh, I don't want to get too hyperbolic here. I don't think you can, honestly. But like, as far as true freshman seasons go, as far as guys walking on campus and truly being men among boys, Brian Brees is in that elite category. Um, Just a big defensive tackle who's going to like, he's got, he's got speed. He's got size. He's got power. Um, God, it's been a minute, Jake. The defensive tackle crop coming from college to the NFL has been extremely underwhelming. I think we maybe only saw like three dudes drafted in the first two rounds last year. Um, it's just been a mess. And yeah. this year, Brian Breezy, uh, Jalen Carter, there's the mad, the mountain of a man at Baylor. 
it feels mm-hmm. like we have some real high-end talent. Um, and Brees is my top dog, even though Jalen Carter, um, you know, I mean, the top two defensive tackles, the only two defensive tackles that went in round one were at Georgia. Uh, yep. Arguably, Jalen Carter as a true sophomore, better than both those guys. And yet, I think Brian Brees has more talent, more upside. And insanely enough, at Clemson, um, in that front seven, lots of analysts rank in Trenton Simpson, who is kind of that versatile linebacker at Clemson, a little more in that Micah Parsons mold than like an Isaiah Simmons mold, um, ranked higher. Some guys have Miles Murphy, the edge rusher defensive yeah. end, ranked higher than Brian Brees. So that front seven is going to be straight up fire. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add because I just wax poetic for like two minutes straight. No, that was great. Um, Clemson's front seven, easily their strength. Yeah. Uh, one guy who I'm very intrigued by is at Notre Dame, but we'll throw him in the ACC here is Brandon Joseph. He was the uh, safety mm. at Northwestern, transferred over to Notre Dame. And we've just seen how uh, JOK, Kyle Hamilton, these safeties have kind of been studs for the fighting Irish the last few years. And yes. Brandon Joseph's a very, very talented player uh, before transferring over to Notre Dame. He was really good at Northwestern. So it seems like they're kind of continuing this knack of these safeties just being these game changers at Notre Dame. So he's one I'm definitely here to watch. Notre Dame also has Isaiah Foskey on the edge. They yep. just keep pumping out these edge players, man. I mean, they're a factory at that position. It's every year with these guys. So Notre Dame defensively going to be very good again. Yeah. Um, the safety now, I mean, the Broncos probably won't have a high enough pick to get them, but with, would a hybrid guy like that be your best solution to replacing Kareem Jackson long-term as far as that box guy that can play off Justin Simmons? Or would you go with more of a like true box guy who's almost like a converted linebacker? How would you, if Jake Schwan, it's the man I, I truly go to for routes and back seven breakdowns, what would your ideal complementary safety to Isaiah Simmons or to Justin Simmons be in the post Kareem Jackson era? Well, I mean, I think I'd look to someone, I think of someone like Jalen Petrie from last year, mm-hmm. maybe a little undersized, but just an absolute rocket coming downfield, kind of like how Kareem is, yeah. but is also versatile enough to play in coverage. I mean, coverage first and foremost has to play uh, the primary role here. If they're not good in coverage, I don't even want to hear about it, honestly. But having that coverage ability and the ability to play up like upfield as a rocket, uh, like Kareem Jackson and Jalen Petrie have shown, that's kind of what you want. And I mean, Jalen Petrie is a second round player. I don't think the do they have a second round pick this year? I can't remember, but nope. No. So I mean, there's guys though, those are the type of guys that are available throughout the draft, like in the later rounds. They're kind of undersized, yes. they kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, maybe you won't just throw them at strong safety and, you know, go about with the rest of their career there. You'll have to kind of move them around and make sure that they're not, you know, being lined up against Travis Kelsey if they're only 6'1", right. 210. But that's kind of, I think, my ideal role if I had to replace Kareem Jackson today or plan for it at least. Love that. And that's such a great point is that those safeties can be found later on. It's something we've talked about for years. IQ mm-hmm. – 
probably the most important part of playing safety and can kind of be underrated. But I want to repeat what you said, which has to be like one of the, the, the like 10 commandments of the draft, the DMVR draft pod and like put it on my fucking tombstone. If the <laughs> safety isn't good in coverage, don't tell me about him. I don't want to hear about it. I don't care how lit his highlights are. I don't care that you watch some tape where the all 22 wasn't involved and you're just like enamored with how they are coming downhill. It's meaningless if they do nothing in coverage. It's the NFL. Coverage is what GD matters in this place. So that, it, that's where it starts. Um, we don't want Jonathan Abrams on the Broncos. We don't want no, that. No. We don't want Jamal Adams. Um, yep. And then we got to mention Michael Meyer, baby Gronk. Um, yeah. But no, like that, that's such a lazy comp, but really a dynamic, physically dominant tight end who put up some real numbers at Notre Dame. New quarterback, same offense. We'll see how they incorporate him. Um, we've been like making hints about like the tight end position does feel like we're entering a new era where all of a sudden that tight end is the offensive counter to that like nickel defender um, that you're that secondaries are throwing your way. Um, mm -hmm. So Michael Meyer is big time, a guy to keep an eye on in the, you know, ACC, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Um, and then I've got one more guy I'd like to mention, and that's Garrett Williams, the cornerback at Syracuse. Haven't really talked about mm -hmm. the cues, but secondary always very important. And, um, you know, Williams is like fearless in helping out with the run. He's got that competitive edge, feisty guy in coverage. So maybe like not that pure lockdown, but a guy who could be, a very solid starter for you for many years at one of the most coveted um, positions in the game, obviously. Sure. Um, I'm going to go back to my guys, the Tar Heels at North Carolina. Um, one, we're going to start with Josh Downs, the wide receiver who yes. was just instantly electric last year. He returns. Yeah. Um, and then they've got two corners, Storm Duck, one of the best names in college football, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, he's been injured the last two years, hasn't really played much, but was really good as a freshman. Yeah. Uh, he returns from injury and then they also have, I think it's, yep. Tony Grimes playing corner on the other side. Uh, he had a great season last year, allowed only 32 catches on 60 targets for 435 yards. Uh, he did have one interception or actually he did not have an interception last year. So you need to see that ball production tip tick up. If he needs to, if he wants to get some serious uh, draft buzz. Yeah. Uh, and NC is going to be, I mean, they don't have the quarterback, but they've got the talent on the perimeter again. So that's kind of what they were missing last year, which is yep. a little ironic, I suppose. Right. I mean, Mac Brown knows how to add talent. If nothing else, he, he does have a track record of that. I really think that covers the big hitters um, predictions here. All right. I'm going to go back to the odds here. I still like NC state at plus plus seven fifty. man. I think you get the best all around quarterback and best mm -hmm. all around team. They, they were always strong in the trenches. They always have a good run game. 
They usually pump out some front seven guys into the league too. Yep. Um, and look, this is a, a league where Pitt won it last year and they were plus 5,000. Um, right. I, we've already talked about Clemson. I'm not really the biggest believer in them. Miami, I don't think is as talented as NC State is at this point. Yeah, so I'm going to go with the Wolfpack. Oh, man, I love that. Um, Clemson has such an easy out-of-conference schedule. And, God, they're just ahead above the rest. They do have to take on Notre Dame on the road. They'll get Miami at home and then close it out against South Carolina. Actually might arguably be their toughest test. Um, It just seems like too easy so like at minus 125 clemson to win the acc Mm -hmm. uh you can throw that in as like a a parlay enhancer um for some of your futures but it does feel like you know that top that top tier is a little i'm a little skeptical about miami nc state and even clemson as we've talked about but Mm -hmm. that that second tier is deeper than most power fives like I wouldn't sleep on Virginia Tech. We talked about how many talent, how much talent there is at quarterback for BC, Virginia. We'll see about Florida State, North Carolina, Pitt, Wake. Um, if they can kind of survive Hartman's Hartman mm-hmm. being out, I mean that was a team that was undefeated for a long stretch last season. There's there's talent. Like there's some real talent at, um, for the Qs there. Like even Georgia Tech and Duke like aren't the worst. So. Right. It does feel like from a draft next standpoint, from a like everything standpoint, the ACC is significantly more interesting than it's been the last couple of years. So that has me mm-hmm. excited for the Atlantic Coastal Conference. And of all the quarterbacks that we talked about, I think if anyone just went like super saiyan and took the league by storm and just won it themselves, won the conference themselves, I'd have to look at Malik Cunningham, honestly, just that probably the best dual threat ability um, at quarterback in the conference, maybe besides DJ, if he could put it together, but uh, plus 2,500 for Louisville. I mean, it's the six best odds. It is a bit of a long shot. It's a juicy number, but I think there's a little bit of reason behind it. The only thing that really kind of stops me there is even when Lamar was there, it seemed almost impossible for Louisville to kind of win the conference and he was amazing, just amazing. So yeah, no kidding. And I mean, shit, Clemson with that like defense alone, exactly. And I mean, they it did seem like they kind of figured out the O line running game a bit more. So if that's sustainable and continues, yeah, it's it's going to be an uphill battle for everyone else. But I will be sprinkling some on your NC State pick at plus seven fifty. I like that a lot. That's um, cool. I think that's it. Obviously, we said we could. Oh, no, please. So, I mean, um, I just got this on Twitter. It's from Aaron Bluel. I think he's Kentucky UDFA on yes, the site. Yes, that's um, our guy, man. That's our yeah, guy. Yes. He absolutely. wrote to us. So, uh, I told him we'd read it out here on the pod. Um, he added you and Henry just said, just wanted to give my, my annual or year long preaching about UK football. <laughs> First and foremost is the talent at QB. Less got better, more accurate. Every game is a star last year. Big blue, big blue wall question is losing three starters to the NFL. All you like, go back and look at the merits of these young men. They have been waiting in line to show what they've got. 
It's a standard left by John Scholarman. I don't know who that is. And you'll see the talent is there and the work is being put in. Next, we go to the wide receivers. And while young, don't discount the amount of talent these young men possess. How about Wandale Robinson, by the way? I wasn't big on him coming out, but it I sounds know. like he's making waves. Yeah, um, that's intriguing. But freak Kentucky's just pumping the talent out lately. Like, it, there's a big switch. And they did get, I mean, they were in the bottom you know, through 20 through 25 in that coaches pool. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Kentucky UDFA has been telling us and it was kind of a niche market for a minute, but it's like, we see, we see you Kentucky UDFA slowly, yeah. but as the draft pot has grown, as you have keep giving us your insights, so has that Kentucky football program. It's kind of a joy to see. It's like, a, it, it's one of the unofficial programs that we follow now because of our guy. Absolutely. And one of the interesting notes that he mentioned, I did hear this and I meant to bring it up on a draft pod many times, but I always forgot. But Kentucky UDFA goes, the tight end room is loaded. And we know how much Scangarello loves his tight end. Scangarello is the offensive coordinator at Kentucky now. Uh, Four to five deep, no joke. I'll bring in something to the table. He goes, did I bring up the big blue wall? The defensive line needs a moniker (laughs) now as well. Stoops has brought in some dudes. The fact that they've developed no star players in the NFL should tell you what is going to happen with the four stars we have now. Yep. The secondary, while somewhat unproven with this team, is going to surprise due to coaching, overall talent, and work ethic. I believe sticky thumpers is how I perceive them. Running back, Chris Rodriguez, Smoke McLean, Wright, Robinson. They won't stop our ground game. Nobody has for years. See you in Atlanta. Oh, and just my way of thinking based on Scangarella's time in Denver, take the first half over every game while he's on script. Good luck on DMVR bets this season. Look up the talent. You'll fall in line with me. There it is. That's why he's our guy, man. Um, and yeah, 100%. I was I was chatting back and forth with Aaron and saying uh, beyond first the first half line, you can take him to score on the first drive. Um, oh, love that. So that might be fun, but yeah, the run game, the tight ends, that's going to be right up Scangarello's, um, you know, that that's going to be right in his wheelhouse. So that's his MO. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So dude, always a pleasure. Stay tuned yeah. for Jake and, uh, DNVR, the whole draft crew, because we, we've kept this going during the summer. You've kept it going during the summer, but now is our time to shine. Like, uh, off season's over. We get to preview yeah. stuff. We get to do wacky special lines. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook from Jake Schwanitz, Andre Simone. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week.